Hi there, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And this is the Infinity Cast, where we spill the tea on Marvel and pop culture. This week we're discussing What If, Episode 7, What If Thor Were an Only Child. So let's get into it with the recap. After defeating the Frost Giants in battle, Odin discovers the abandoned infant Loki and returns him to his father. Years later, Odin's son Thor has become a boisterous, party-loving prince. While Odin sleeps and Frigga is away, Thor, alongside Sif and the Warriors 3, travel to Earth to host a giant party, inviting aliens from all over the galaxy. His arrival attracts the attention of Jane Foster and Darcy Lewis, who track him and end up joining in the activities. Acting S.H.I.E.L.D. director Maria Hill, wishing to end the destruction caused by his antics, summons Carol Danvers to Earth. Danvers confronts Thor, but is ultimately defeated. Hill suggests that Danvers lure Thor to an open area where she can fully exert her powers without causing collateral damage. Jane, who objects to Hill's plan, contacts Frigga with Heimdall's help. As Danvers and Thor begin to battle again, Frigga announces her imminent arrival, forcing a frightened Thor to clean up his mess before his mom arrives. Thor is barely able to put things right before her arrival, but is given away by Mjolnir. Later, he asks Jane out on a date, as the Watcher observes. To the Watcher's surprise, an army of drones led by Ultron in Vision's body and wielding the Infinity Stones appears. I mean, is it really like Ultron in Vision's body, or is it just Ultron in the body he built for himself, which Tony stole and put Jarvis in to make the Vision? It's Ultron in what would classically be referred to as Vision's body. But he made it for himself. Ultron made it. It technically belonged to him first. Yeah, I know. You're just quibbling over semantics, Joseph. I'm not quibbling over semantics. It's it's Ultron as the vision. It's Ultron who will sound who will sound like neither James Spader or Paul Bettany. See, why do you hurt? See, you started already. You already get me riled up. You, you know I'm sensitive about that. You know, like, that just breaks my heart. The fact we're not getting... It's because I agree with you. It's probably not going to be Jarvis, Paul Bettany. And you're, you're not going to, like, reward me for all this years of service by actually getting James Spader. Just pay the extra million and call it a fucking day. It's like, man, like, you got to have Ultron with James Spader. Who's going to do the voice of, of Ultron? Like, I'm telling you, Michael Shanks. I, I, what, Michael Shanks better impress the fuck out of me. That's all I'm saying. If it ends up being Michael Shanks, I'll lose my goddamn mind. But what did you think about the episode? What did I think about the episode? Um, I thought this was a fun, hilarious romp and probably the closest thing to a romantic comedy we're ever going to get in the MCU at this level of like 80s style romantic comedy-ness. I loved Natalie Portman in it so much. Darcy always makes everything better in general. Like just let her just keep rolling out comments. Like when she was going on her descriptions of Thor leading up to the Anna Karambi line, I'm like, just keep going. She's like, I can keep going. Please let me keep going. Like, yeah, please let her keep going because I can sit here all day and listen to her rant about life and whatever the fuck she's observing. I mean, she married Howard the fucking duck after all. She got that duck. She got that duck. Move over, Leia Thompson. Yeah, don't don't knock it. Leia Thompson got there first. I'm pretty sure that's still canon in my head. So, like, this is his second human that he's ended up laying with. Humans didn't like that the first time, but maybe they're ready for it now. I think Kat Dennings can do better, but that's just me. Listen, you don't knock, don't knock the relationship that she chooses to have over uh, half fries nachos, which, by the way, I could really, really want right now. Really, really want some some good nachos. They're in fabulous Las Vegas, baby. Yeah, how does it feel that the first thing that everyone noticed about Las Vegas was still an Elvis impersonator standing on the strip? As a lifelong Las Vegas resident. I wasn't surprised, but it is a stereotype that I'm not fond of. 
but they got yeah, they got that Elvis to marry the duck and Darcy. So I, I, at least there was a payoff there. True, true. When I started listing out all the cameos that we were seeing in this in this episode, which there were a lot, um, the, I have Elvis listed. So a cameo I noticed that is super super minor, but like the female Ravager who's in the second episode, the T'Challa episode, is also in this episode. Yeah, they use her model again. I noticed that she was adorable. I'd love to see her in like live action. Yeah, she's cute. Seriously though, this move this episode had hangover vibes especially that that morning after scene oh completely with rockets sleeping in the fucking sink and like it was like vixen was here i think is that is that what it said on the side like vixen was here it said v it said v so i assumed it was valkyrie valkyrie maybe it was valkyrie i couldn't i couldn't read it i kept looking at it staring at it i paused at it i like took a picture of it i was trying to read beyond it it was v someone was there partying and left so i just picture rocket and valkyrie hooking up a lot of a lot of a lot of beastly love interest going around uh, yeah this really was an episode for the furries yeah this was this was fine i mean this was like as you said this was a this was a hangover episode this was a, this was an 80s film even especially even down to the way it ended this ended with like it all working out because everyone joined together and cleaned up the earth because you know otherwise mom was going to be mad this is how 80s movies ended you know, it's like, oh, my God, my mom's going to be killing me for throwing this party. This this, this is a, such a trope. I loved it. And he got sold out by Mjolnir. Sold out by Mjolnir. Meow, meow. Meow, meow. Were you at least happy that Jeff Goldblum was here and he had a couple of pretty good lines? Oh, I did. I did. I mean, I was happy with every cameo that we got when, when I heard a familiar voice. You know, like when I heard Nebula, just like, oh, blowing these dice and Korg blows on the dice. Like, oh, mama needs a new eye. <laughs> Like that was just fucking awesome. I loved everything. Love Go- Jeff Goldblum though makes everything a little more magic, and I like that we got um, uh, Topaz back because she's dead in the MCU timeline. So it was good to have her. And like his final line with like, "And we're keeping the scoot scoots," was just just mm, perfect. Goldblum. Scoots scoots <laughs> just made me happy. It just made me happy. And he DJed a foam party. Yeah, I mean, let me tell you, it was like, bring on the foam. Don't you want him, like, DJing at the next EDC? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just get Jeff Goldblum to come in in full Grandmaster outfit and do the Ragnarok music for, like, like an hour, and and you're done. And just release the foam. Oh, my fucking God. I loved it all. I loved it. I love that the Ragnarok music also made a cameo. Oh, yeah. So good. But um, for all the actors who didn't show up, could you... Could you tell me which missing voice actor do you think bothered me the most? Was it Danvers or was it Frigga? Wasn't Renee. It wasn't, wasn't, wasn't Brie. Nope. It wasn't even Idris. Who was it? It was Clancy fucking Brown. Clancy Brown was in it. That was, he was Surter? Because that didn't sound like his voice. I double checked. It's Clancy that Brown. That didn't sound like him at all. Again, we're back in this situation, like with Benicio del Toro, where I'm just like, no, that just doesn't sound right. And like, I've heard Clancy Brown doing a multitude of things in his career, like for years and years and years. I've known this guy's voice, and that did not sound like his voice. It was indeed Clancy Brown. It did not sound like Clancy. It didn't sound like Searcher at all. To me, it sounded like someone who's trying to do a cheap knockoff of Clancy. It was Clancy Brown doing a cheap knockoff of Clancy Brown. Yeah, that's just weird to me. Like, I, I've known him from Transformers, SpongeBob. I mean, hell, Starship Troopers. This guy's been in my life 
for forever for as long as i'd known this guy's been doing voiceover work and acting work and shit that didn't sound like surger at all we finally got ice giant loki we did i feel like that's the same ice giant we saw in the tva i had that same thought so it's like that's that's to me that just works the perfectness of this whole thing that they're doing um and it was fun and you know what like this loki is so well-rounded this is the best timeline like he's he's cool he's chill he's just having a good time with life I mean, there's obviously peace among the Frost Giants because Odin wasn't a jackass and stole their son. And, like, we turned it, and, like, obviously everything's fine and cool. There's no animosity between worlds. Like, so if Odin wasn't a baby kidnapper, everything would be fine. That's what it comes down to. And, yeah, I mean, the rest of the universe is fucked in the long term, I'm sure. But, oh, my God. Everyone's kind of happy. And maybe that's a discussion that needs to be had about like maybe everything else is worth dying if everyone else is just chill in the process. Odin's the one that fucked up everything. But Odin's bad parenting and just ruins everything. At the end of the day, that's what we've gotten from this. And whether it's the comics or whether it's the MCU, doesn't matter. Odin is a bad father and it's worked for him because as a result of being a bad parent, his children rebel and become something better and that's what you that's where you get your drama and your storytelling and your like your heroes and the same thing can be said for Loki and his relationship with Thor but my god like Odin is such a bad parent that without him in the mix Loki's just a chill cool party going ice giant and all is well he's 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 closer to Thor than ever yeah their relationship is great yeah they're like hey your brother from another mother <laughs> your mom's coming yeah remember not my mom so another mother, remember? So we're going to go. We're going to bounce. Sorry. <laughs> Until he like really lets everybody know. Like, yeah, no, Frigate is coming. And everyone freaks the fuck out, which is adorable. Did they really not want to pay, pay Idris Elba? I, I don't think Idris Elba wants to do it anymore. Idris Elba was happy to die. And that's a, like I, the way they have Heimdall this entire time is just so like broody and so like, grr, you know, this is my stupid job and I have to do this. And I'm pretty sure that's exactly how Idris Alba feels about playing Heimdall. So I think they just, this isn't Heimdall that we were watching. We were actually watching Idris Alba in spirit. And he's just like, no, I'm not going to come. I'm happy I'm dead. So you just do that gag. And I think you, you've achieved me being there. Like, I, I'm happy they had the gag of him not speaking. Because that's pretty much how I think Idris is. Heimdall can see everything, but can he see why kids love Cinnamon Toast Crunch? I, I don't think that's 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 something he, he cares about. But could he, though? I'm sure he could, but the, he'd also have to figure out why the kids are also stealing the, the rabbit's tricks all the time. What if it isn't a rabbit? What if it's Rocket Raccoon? That is true. And that was so cute that he called, like, there's a rabbit in the sink. Look, there's a rabbit. It's so cute. It's like, he's always going to call him rabbit. Always. Groot wasn't there, so we assume that this is before their partnership did a thing, you know. So this is this is way back. Even though I don't think this is phase, I, I don't think this is exactly Thor. Even though we're like we're, we're everyone's comparing it to like the Odin sleep and using that as a marker, I feel like it's still not entirely the same timeline as Thor because I I feel like it may be a little bit further in the future because uh, Jane is talking about these stars and these other equations that she saw and these other readings. Um, and I guess that Thor's been bouncing around doing this and she's been reading these other things and now is there preparing for what she thinks is now an invasion in her world. So I think it just takes place a little bit after and whatever, but 
around the same time, but just giving more time for that star to destroy the planet or whatever the fuck happened. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I think that they, I think that Thor knew that that thing was going to blow up and die and they decided to have a party on it and it blew up anyway. And that's just what happened. It was like, all right, end of the world party for this stupid meteorite or whatever the fuck it was. Asteroid giant thing. Planetoid that's barely recognizable as a planetoid, probably. More like a, more like a Pluto kind of deal happening. How'd you feel about his fight with uh, Danvers? I loved it. Oh my God, that was such a badass fight. That's like, again, it goes into the conversation you'd have at a convention. You'd have like, like who's going to win this or this? And obviously, Captain Marvel kicked his fucking ass. At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. She was holding back and she still kicked his ass in every way to Sunday. And having lovely little quips the entire time. I, I do enjoy that. I do enjoy her quips. It, it, it didn't bother me. that I mean, I wish it was Brie. I don't know why they didn't get Brie, but she did a good enough job, whoever the actress who replaced her. And I enjoyed her, her take on the character. So that was that was fine by me. Um, though, I, I how did you feel watching her being used as a snarky uh, retort to all you people complaining about her the entire time? I thought I thought she was I thought she was good in it. I actually, you know, didn't mind her performance compared to Brie Larson's at all. I thought it was pretty pretty solid. Like I could tell it wasn't her, but it was close enough. Um, what I really liked though was I loved that Darcy was trying to like be her intern. Yeah, that was that was adorable. I I, I mean Darcy again in everything. She's got some of the best lines in this whole thing. She just makes everything better. Um Everything that Darcy said was gold. Every line. I don't know why they hate on the Dakotas, but I thought I thought that whole sequence was great. Well, what about South Dakota or North Dakota? We could blow those up, right? We don't, we're not going to miss those. I mean, I certainly wouldn't miss the white conservatives who make life for the indigenous horrible. Um, so just evacuate the indigenous population and kill everyone else there. I'm fine with that. There's really nothing else in the Dakotas. Oh, there's the Badlands. That's, that's some nice land. But it's already ruined. It's already called the Badlands. You can't really make it badder, can you? Big crater. I don't think anyone would notice. I appreciated that Thor very minorly called out Flat Earthers because he referred to Earth as a sphere. Yes, he did. And anyone who's watching who thinks the Earth is flat now has to go to therapy and realize that. They're probably triggered. So let's have a moment of silence where they could process the fact that they're morons and probably also unvaccinated. The funny part about it, though, is that Thor is from Asgard, and Asgard actually is flat. Yes. Asgard is a flat world. It's a beautiful, flat island world. Well, actually, now it's a bunch of rubble, but it used to be nice. It was nice. In this timeline, it's still nice. For now, until everything is destroyed by Ultron, let's let's talk about that. It is... It is um, multiverse Ultron, I believe. This is, this is a multiverse Ultron. That is, that is where I think it is. That this is Ultron who just appeared. That's why the Watcher was like, oh, shit, what the fuck is that? And even he was surprised. Yeah, his reaction was really good. He was like, oh, a happy ending. Wait, what the fuck? Yeah, like, what? what what's this about? And it's because I think Ultron just appeared from another reality and is going to take it over. He's already probably fucked over his, so that's what's, that's what's going to happen now. We're going to get a new Ultron with a new vision on how to destroy another world and that's what's going to cause the the watcher to go and get his group of unsung heroes 
Yeah, you know, I feel pretty good about my prediction about him interfering in episode eight because that's the next episode. Yeah, that's about right. Like now, I think it's going to be a two-parter finale at this point in time. Yeah, um, I, I think I'm still right about the whole Tony Stark and Sakaar thing, but I think that's also the episode where they introduce that Thanos Arma Gamora. Yeah, yeah, we're getting the Gamora next episode, um, and maybe Tony will live an episode. That'd be nice, or not. I'm fine with the joke running forever and traumatizing my friends who get triggered every time Tony dies. <clears throat> I actually enjoy it. Not him dying. I enjoy my friends being traumatized as he dies. That's true. Yes. That's the fun part. Did you know that Midgard is the birthplace of the Snuggie? I did. I did know that. Even before Thor told me, I, I, I knew that. I knew I got that. <laughs> the only, I think the only remaining question that I have for this episode though, is where the fuck was Selvig? Yeah, because that's again goes to my like. I, that's why I don't believe that this timeline is exactly where that is. So Selwig just wasn't there at that point in time for this particular experiment. So whenever this is not the original timeline, Thor. So he's somewhere else doing other. I mean, things. he he did some man in the chair stuff because he's the one that helped them uh, get a hold of Heimdall. Yeah, he was there in spirit. He was there in spirit. He was not there in actual. They they just probably couldn't afford and didn't want to bother replacing. Uh, Skarsgård. There's so many other Skarsgårds. They could have gotten a different Skarsgård. And they're all very expensive. <laughs> they're all very expensive Skarsgårds. That is a very expensive name. It's not like it's not like Hemsworth, where you get like one that's like top tier, and the others are like. Eeh. It's more like it, it, which is kind of like the way the Baldwins run. It's it's more like uh, I'm not even gonna say Culkin because I still think the Culkins are all kind of bees. Nope, I I can't think of another family. That's equally all as eh, as that. Any final thoughts on this episode? Oh, I have a lot of freaking thoughts on this episode. Like the fact that poor Crossbones didn't like get the launches weapons of mass destruction again. I kind of feel bad for him. I mean, like he tries really hard in every timeline to like blow things up in the planet and his weapons just never get the launch. It's very, very sad. Yeah, I don't feel that bad for him. I do. I do. I feel horrible for him. He's, he's, she's trying, man. Even, even villains need to have the release, man. Like, I just don't think you're respecting the game. What was your favorite cameo? I mean, the easy answer is Jeff Goldblum, obviously. Other than that, uh, the robotic prostitute that Yondu had sex with in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 pops up. She was there. She was there. I thought that was hilarious. Like, all right, we got robot prostitutes. I mean, like, in my opinion, like, it's just basically like Thor. It's like what happens in high school where you're like, all right, party at my place. And, like, you expect 10 people to show up, but really the entire school shows up. And it's like the entire galaxy who heard about this party is like, because I assume in this timeline, Thor has a reputation of, like, throwing the craziest keggers. And so everyone just shows up. And it's like anyone's like, why? It just so happens that everyone like that we know happens to come down and 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 go to this party. Like, no, it's it's just imagine the entire galaxy being a, a high school. Everyone will go to that party, everyone. So that's what happened. Everyone went. Also, Yondu I never went. The, the, the freaking sovereign went. Like the sovereign people were there taking fucking selfies. Also, I'll never say no to more Cat Denning. So I'm I'm always pleased when she pops back up. Yeah, no, her dialogue, her lines, Kat Dennings can, can do no wrong in the MCU, in my opinion. Like, let her, like, with the owner of a navy blue Prius, like, that's just, it just made me smile. Like, everything she does make me smile. Did you want to briefly 
talk about the first episode of Star Wars Visions? Um, I liked it. I need to rewatch it again, man. Told you it was like three o'clock in the fucking morning. I was exhausted. And I was still all about what if now. I will say I love the animation. I love the stylistic designs. It reminded me of something very old, something very, uh, very beautifully done that was in tune with obviously the Japanese source material that's based on. Yeah, it was very, it was, it was very Akira Kurosawa. Yeah, and it, the droid itself, like this, was a tribute to like old school uh, Kurosawa that like inspired George Lucas in the beginning, in the first place. Yeah, I felt like there was a first a beautiful circle done with that. Uh, everything was done beautifully the story was was lovely it i love the fact that it was ended up being too sith to a certain extent like that's that just it was interesting and I, i'm really glad that we have this like shorthand short story star wars animations happening that's like not just western influence it's very much eastern influence so yeah it's very very japan Yes, I can't wait to, to watch all of them. Like that's what I'm going to be doing tonight. I'm going to go and, and watch them all. Definitely the first one again, where I have, I have more than two hours of sleep underneath my belt, um, and enjoy the fuck out of it because I've been waiting for this for a while. I didn't know that they were going to drop the entire season in one scoop. I thought I was prepared for just one episode, and it's like, oh my fucking god. Yeah, no, I was very surprised. Um, since you are going to go back and rewatch it, I want to point this out. Uh, when they're doing the, the duel on the log in the river, it's like an inverse of the the duel in fucking Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, it very much was. It very much was. That definitely was that was that was that uh, that mentality definitely got me. I think musically, it bothered me that there was a lot of music um, that they took from the sequel trilogy and not as much like classic Star Wars trilogy or even the prequels. Like they, they took a lot from the sequel trilogy, um, which annoyed me because I, I, I'm more of a fan of even the prequel music comparatively to the sequel music. There's like two good tracks on the entire three albums that ever got released. Like Ray's theme is good. And I like, um, I like the first order theme. Otherwise, meh, nothing really does it for me on those on, and John Williams new stuff. That's fair. Race theme. Race theme is really good. Yes. Race theme is beautiful. And it's like, that's, that's the one theme that I could say 100%. I can listen to that often on repeat. And that's a beautiful theme. Um, but it, everything else, just nothing really captured the imagination as duel of the fates, you know, or a battle of heroes or even the freaking love theme from episode two. Like, those were beautiful tracks. Like the the slave theme when Anakin in, in episode one when Anakin is leaving um uh most Eisley or most whatever the fuck they were at. Um that music right there, so gorgeous. That was such there was still that magic and that spark in there, but the sequel trilogy just never found it, other than race theme. Um so I was kind of disappointed that they didn't take more from that era of star wars or even classic star wars they took so much from the sequel trilogy that was a long rant to say that to say that but like obviously big fan of music and i'm a scorephile so that's what it comes down to i even noticed the fact that during the fight between thor and captain marvel was a beautiful blend of captain marvel's early themes from the early part of the movie of the captain marvel movie and um the ragnarok music it was like blended so perfectly and beautifully 
absolutely adored it. I can't wait for the soundtrack. I know I say it every episode, but still, I fucking cannot fucking wait. The one thing I will say, I think it's interesting that they're doing these like non-canon, like just crazy different shorts. Um, this one though, the first one, the duel, is getting like a, a like a novel that will go along with it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. But it's not canon. They're just telling a short story. Yeah, it's it's not. It's specifically non-canon, especially for this one, because I think the backstory of this just is completely incompatible with like Star Wars. Um, but some of some of them, I guess, like you know, if 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 some of these concepts catch on, I think we'll probably see some of this stuff end up in canon eventually. They're basically going into the Star Wars Legends territory. We'll see. I will. I'm going to watch the rest tonight. Um, probably watch them a few times and go from there. I got, I got, I got a week to kill before my next what if, um, you know, I'm going to have to, going to have to figure out what I'm going to do with myself for the next two weeks. till we get the finale. All right. So make sure to like subscribe and please tell your friends. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at InfinityCast, spelled infinite a cast. And you can email us at infinitycast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And we'll see you guys next week.